0: All right, let let me give you an insight into some pastors' challenges this week. So up until um, 11.30 last night, I didn't know that we had to wear masks as much as we do. And so that's always a challenge, let alone knowing what to preach on each week. That's always a challenge. So at the beginning of this year, uh, I'm going to just go run through some of the things that we hold dearly as a church. And uh, one of the things that we have incorporated into our life over a number of years now is a mission statement and that mission statement goes something like this, following Jesus, caring for each other, impacting the world and so this morning I want to look at what does it mean to follow Jesus Christ what does it mean to follow Jesus Christ and one of the things I was thinking about when I knew that we would have to sit for so long was um I don't know about you, but when I sit for so long, I start to doze off. Anybody in that club? You know, if you sit too long. So we're going to do something this morning a little bit different, and we're just going to do it individual families at a time in each row. We're going to have a Mexican wave. So from that end, so when I say one, two, three, this is just to get the blood circulating so that you don't get too comfortable and fall asleep. Uh, I'll say one, two, three, and then one family at a time. Stand up, sit down, stand up, sit down, sit down, and we'll see how it goes. Ready? One, two, three. One family at a time. Stand up, stand out. Yeah, very good. Some people know what they're doing. Okay, cool. Yes, yes. Keep on going. Keep on going. Keep on going. Keep on going. Almost there. I expect none of you to fall asleep now. (laughs) We have this incredible privilege of knowing Jesus as Lord and Saviour. And I don't know what that means for you. But every day I wake up and I think, this is amazing in that I know the God of the universe. He listens to me. I hear his voice. I choose to follow him every day. I don't know what that means for you. But for me, I'm staggered by that. And in fact, the passage we're going to look at this morning in Matthew chapter 4, verses 18 to 22, is a time when Jesus asked his disciples to follow him. So he, he wanted them to follow him. And he's still asking today. He still wants us to follow him today. So read along with me this passage in Matthew chapter 4. And this is what it says from verse 18. As Jesus was walking beside the Sea of Galilee, he saw two brothers, Simon called Peter and his brother Andrew. They were casting a net into the lake for they were fishermen. Come, follow me, Jesus said, and I will make you fishers of men. At once they left their nets and followed him. Going on from there, he saw two other brothers, James, the son of Zebedee, and his brother John. They were in a boat with their father Zebedee preparing their nets preparing the nets. Jesus called them and immediately they left the boat and their father and followed him. That's a fairly well-known passage, isn't it? Fairly well-known passage. Let's pray. Father, this is a familiar story. We've heard it before and we ask that you'll speak into our hearts and minds something new if we need it. Remind us of something that's true if we need that. But motivate us, Lord, I pray to follow you. I ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. When Jesus called Peter and Andrew and James and John to follow him, they became his disciples. Why do you think that was? What did he want to do with them? He said, come and follow me. I'll make you fishes of men. Now, Jewish uh, culture of the time, when a teacher of the law or a rabbi, Said, come and follow me, that was a privilege to be following the teacher, to be following the rabbi. And even though Jesus wasn't a so called rabbi at this time, he had taught things and he had done things and he had said things that it was obvious to people that God was with him. So for Peter, Peter, and, and Andrew, and James, and John to be invited by Jesus to come and follow me, that was an extreme privilege that the teacher was inviting them to follow him. And what did that involve? It involved them leaving their jobs, they were fishermen, it involved them leaving their careers, because that's what they were going to do for their whole life, their livelihood, their income, it involved them uh, leaving their families to follow Jesus Christ. In looking at this passage, I ask myself again, why did they leave everything to follow Jesus? Now, for us today, um, if we're invited to do something, often I hear the first question that people ask is, what's in it for me? Have you heard that one? What am I going to get out of this? What's in it for me? You know, if, I, if I'm asked to take on a promotion at work or if I'm asked to, to change jobs, often the question is asked, what's in it for me? We don't see that here. Because the privilege was that they were following the teacher. The privilege was that they prepared to give up jobs, careers, families, life, uh, income, to follow this man named Jesus. We don't see that in our day. Often it's what's in it for me. So did they have some legitimate reasons to follow Jesus? I think they did. I think the re- they had three reasons in this passage alone. To follow Jesus the first one they heard what the John the Baptist had said about Jesus. In one John and chapter uh, sorry in John chapter one verses 29 to 42 we're not going to read it today you can read it at home. but in this passage John the Baptist had seen Jesus himself, had recognized that he was the Christ, the Messiah, the one who had come as the Lamb of God to take away the sins of the world he said. And when they heard this from John the Baptist, who they recognized as a a man of God, a prophet of God, they began to follow Jesus. So they took it on John's recommendation that Jesus was someone to be listened to and someone to follow. They decided to leave everything to follow Jesus for themselves. What about us today? Where did you first hear about Jesus? Where was that person or that situation where you heard about Jesus? And someone shared with you who Jesus was, the Son of God. What he came to do to pay the price for our sin and disobedience. And what was on offer was eternal life. When was that time? Perhaps another question that's asked is, When was the last time you shared that with somebody? That they had a reason to follow Jesus because of what you shared with them. Whether it be verbally, through your words, or whether it be your lifestyle and the way you make decisions, what would convince somebody to follow Jesus? Well, certainly, these disciples had a respect for John the Baptist and they took it on his word that Jesus was worth following. The second reason? For the disciples, they saw Jesus perform great miracles. There was this tangible, visual reason for following Jesus. They had seen him produce water into wine, healing the son of the nobleman, casting out demons, other great miracles that convinced them to follow Jesus. One of the greatest miracles that I have ever seen in a person's life is the change that Jesus brings about. I've seen men and women whose lives were going nowhere, whose lives were a mess, they were a train wreck. When they placed their faith in Jesus, something miraculous happened. Their lives turned around. Their lives became honourable. Their lives became worthwhile. Their lives had meaning. That's one of the greatest miracles I've ever seen. And a third reason, they heard Jesus preach about the kingdom of God. He taught about lots of things. He taught about lots of things, but he taught primarily about the kingdom of God, about God's rule in men's hearts. Because the people were were, uh, um, used to religious teachers. They were used to people using the Old Testament to list all the rules and regulations. But Jesus was going further than that. He was talking about a personal and intimate relationship with God Almighty, belonging to God's kingdom. And they believed that message. These were just some of the reasons, three of the reasons, if you like, why I believe they followed Jesus. And they left everything. It was a life-changing decision to respond to Jesus' invitation to follow him. Now, sometimes Jesus will call us to follow him right where we are. Sometimes he will say, I want you to follow me and stay where you are and do what you're doing for me. He may not ask us to leave our job he may not ask us to leave our livelihood or our family or to go to a place where we haven't grown up but he may i believe jesus often asks us to stay in our career our job our life situation to follow him what does that mean it means you can be a school teacher and follow jesus Do you agree? You can be a secretary and follow Jesus. You can be a garbage collector and follow Jesus. And that might be where he wants you to be for him. But if that's the case, if you know that to be true, then you better be the best garbage collector for Jesus ever. That's what he requires of us. He requires that commitment to follow Jesus, to follow him. He does require us us to leave some things behind. And I think... If you're like me, when I read this list first off, I thought, I don't want any of these things in my life. Let me read the list out to you. Pride, hate, bitterness, dishonesty, greed, immorality, doubt, unforgiveness, drunkenness, excessive anger, witchcraft, stubbornness, bad bad attitudes, unequally yoked relationships. There are some things that God wants us to leave behind. There are some things that Jesus wants us to leave behind because none of these things bring honour and glory to him. But there are some things that he wants us to hang on to tightly. Hebrews 12 reminds us of this. Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles And let us run with perseverance the race marked before us. That's what it means to leave some of these things behind. That's what it means to leave these uh, past life things behind. To throw off everything that hinders us so we might run the race. And the verse goes on in verse 2 to say, Let us fix our eyes on Jesus. You know this verse, don't you? The author and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy set before him endured the cross scorning its shame and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Jesus went through us for that. We remember that this morning in the communion time. He doesn't want any trappings to hang on. He doesn't want any baggage to hang on to our lives. He wants us to cast off that stuff that's going to hold us back so we might fix our eyes on him for what lies ahead. Paul writes in, in Philippians, brothers, I do not consider myself yet to have taken hold of it. So he knew it was a lifelong journey, a lifelong struggle of casting off those things, focusing on Jesus. But one thing I do, he said, forgetting what is behind and straining toward what is ahead, I press on toward the goal to win the prize which God has called me heavenward, heavenward in Christ Jesus. He wanted that full salvation that was on offer. He wanted to do that. So most of the things I've said this morning, you would, I've seen some nodding, <coughs> I mean, nodding heads and that you would agree with that. But how do we actually follow Christ? And that's the essence of the message this morning. How do I follow Christ? And you might like to take some notes. If not, you can ask me for my notes and I'll give you a photocopy. But the, thing, the first thing that we have to do is put Jesus first. He has to have first place in your life, before anything. What does that mean? It means before our job, before our career, before our family, before our livelihood, before our friends, before your husband or your wife or your girlfriend or your boyfriend. Jesus has to have first place. You know what Matthew chapter 6, verse 33 says? Seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness and all these things will be added to you. He's not asking us to give up those things. He's saying, make sure Jesus is first priority, first place. The second thing we need to do, if we want to follow Jesus, and we've already heard that this morning from Julie, is to obey the Lord according to his word. It's 1 Samuel chapter 15, verse 22 says, obedience is better than sacrifice. That attitude of obedience is better than any actions you might take. And in Acts chapter 5, verse 29, 29, it says, We ought to obey God rather than men. So it's this act of obedience. We need to meditate on his word. We need to study God's word. We need to take God's word in, and then we need to do it. In 2 Timothy chapter 2, and verse 15, it says, Paul writes to Timothy, Study to show yourself approved approved before God, a workman, not needing to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. So we need to obey the Lord through his word. Live daily for the Lord. We need to live daily for God. To follow Christ, we need to say, Lord, this is your day. I want to walk with you in it. 2 Corinthians chapter 5 and verse 15 says this, And to that he died for all that they which live should not live for themselves, but for him who died for them and rose again. So we need to live daily for the Lord. Is that the question you ask at the the beginning of the day? What do you want me to do today, Lord? Like we might have jobs that we need to fulfill and we know what's required of that job, but what do you want me to do in that job today for you? I want to live for you. What do you think the next L might be? Oh, that's the answer for everything, isn't it? It is, actually. We need to love the Lord with all our heart. We need to do what Jesus said in, verse, in Matthew 22 and verse 37. He says, Love the Lord with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind. And he goes on to say, The second greatest commandment is to love your neighbour as yourself. So we need to love the Lord. What does it mean to love the Lord? If you love something, you enjoy doing it, don't you? Or if you love someone, you enjoy being with them and talking with them and listening to them. Exactly the same. If you love the Lord, you love being with him. You enjoy being with the Lord. You enjoy hearing his word. Perhaps you enjoy sitting still. I don't know about you, but when we go for a drive, uh, Cheryl and I don't talk. I know miracles still happen, especially when I don't talk. Miracles still happen. But some of the best times that we've spent together have been those times of silence driving around the countryside, just knowing that we're there with each other. And that's what Jesus wants for us. He wants us to know that he's there for us, we're there for him, and that we are there to love him. We need to offer up our bodies as living sacrifices. And you know this passage from Romans 12, verses 1 and 2. One of my favourite passages, Paul writes, Therefore I urge you, brothers, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as living sacrifices, holy and pleasing to God. This is your spiritual act of worship. Don't conform any longer to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you'll be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing and perfect will. Lord, I'm yours today. What do you want me to do? Lord, I'm yours today. What do you want me to say? The important part is, Lord, I'm yours today. It's that daily offering up ourselves before God for his purposes. And the last thing, if we want to really follow Christ, then we need to walk with Christ. We need to walk with him. Colossians chapter 2 and verses 6 and 7 says this, So then, just as you receive Christ Jesus as Lord... Continue to live in Him, rooted and built up in Him, strengthened in the faith as you are taught and overflowing with thankfulness. Continue to walk or to live in Him. There are distractions along the way, aren't there? Lots of distractions. Lots of things that will take our mind and our heart away from following Jesus, but it's a personal choice. It's not just a personal choice to put our faith in Jesus, but it's our personal choice to walk with him every day. That what it's, that's what it means to follow Jesus. To follow Christ, you must put him first place in our lives. Let's see if I went back to that. Oh, okay, go back there. Put him as first place in our lives. Obey him according to his word. Live daily for him. Love the Lord with all your heart. Offer up your bodies as a sacrifice in his service and walk daily with him. Jesus said to the disciples that day, follow me, walk with me, live with me, and you will become, I will make you fishers of men. He was saying, I'll make you soul winners for me. I'll make you disciple makers for me. All those sort of terms is what he was saying. How do we do that? Romans 10, as I had there before, that if you confess with your mouth Jesus is Lord, and believe in your heart that God raised you from the dead, you'll be saved. For it is with your heart that you believe and are justified, and it is with your mouth that you confess and are saved. If that's our story, then we will become fishers of men. If that's our story, then we'll become followers of Jesus. A song that used to be sung, and sometimes still is sung, at people's baptisms, as they come up out of the water, had this chorus. Dare I try it? Sure, some people will know this. Follow, follow, I will follow Jesus. He wants to sing it with me, just the chorus, okay? One, two. Follow, follow, I will follow Jesus. Anywhere, everywhere, I will follow on. Follow, follow, I will follow Jesus. Everywhere he leads me, I will follow on. And there's a whole song that talks about when we are in the valley, when we're on the mountains, we will follow Jesus. Anywhere, everywhere, we will follow him. And if that's true for you, then there's purpose in following Jesus. It's not just a walk in the park with Jesus. His purpose in calling people to be fishes of men to follow him and to be fishes of men was that they might tell the story of Jesus to others. It's the same for us. It's great walking with Jesus in the tough times and the good times, but you know there's no greater bus than being able to tell Jesus, tell somebody about Jesus, and what it's like to walk with him. My prayer for us as individuals and as a church is that we will f- know what it means to follow Jesus. And that will be our purpose every day, this year, and in the days ahead. Let's pray. Father, we thank you that you do have a plan, just like Julie reminded us this morning. And the plan for each of us is to come to that place where we can follow Jesus. And Lord, I pray that you'll open our eyes every day to the path that you want us to go on, the things that you want us to do and say uh, with people that might show them that there is a purpose, there is a joy, there is a hope, there is a peace in following Jesus. Father, may we have the privilege of introducing people to Jesus and helping them to be his disciples, to be his followers in this year ahead. And we ask this in Jesus' name and for your glory.